The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. I'm Mike Noble. Uh, you can follow us once again on Twitter at More underscore Noble. Please give us a follow on Facebook as well. I am joined right across from me by Caleb Noble. You can follow me on Twitter at Caleb Noble 08. And we are dancing right now. We are dancing because we'll get into that here in just a minute. We are super geeked. We are super geeked again to have one of our obvious regulars on here who we love speaking with every night. A man who packed up his car. He drove to Dixie on Saturday or Sunday, whichever way he did it, to watch his beloved Titans and Derrick Henry decide to just shit the bed against the Arizona Cardinals. And then he comes back with still a smile on his face because he is geeked about his Syracuse orange. Oh, no, never mind. He's not, although Rutgers did cover for us, so that was good. A man who single-handedly is trying to make sure that Caleb does not get a starter or an air conditioner in his truck. He is our only resident national champion, Mike Godar. What's up, buddy? <laughs> again, uh, phenomenal introduction. I appreciate you having me again. I, I figured after uh, going four and six with my picks last week, you, I may not get invited back for week two. Hey, like I said, like I said, when I texted you, people who hit 400 or have their own wing in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yep. Just call me the Ted Williams of gambling. Absolutely. Well, first of all, welcome back. We love, obviously, you're one of our favorites, so we're so glad that you could come back and you take time out of your busy day to join us for this nonsense that we're doing here. But we are in the middle of watching the Cardinals kick the absolute dog shit out of the Mets right now on Roberto Clemente Day. And a team that literally every day over the last six, no, five months, one day I love them, the next day I hate them, then I hate them for a little bit longer, then probably a few more games I hate them. Then I want to love them. Then I'm not sure what to think. And then we've talked about, well, they're not very good. We need to get this guy. We need to, oh, they got John Lester. They got Jay. Here we sit on September 15th, half a game up in the wild card, kicking the crap out of the Mets again. We got a guy across from me who started working for them. They're six and three since he started. Just don't, let's not forget um, that. Sorry, we've lost one game since I started. That's not the numbers I came up with. No, the numbers are wrong. <laughs> Didn't we lose two to the two. Dodgers? Sorry, we lost two. I wasn't there for one of the Dodgers games. Well, you're still an employee. No, nope, we've lost okay. two. We're six and, and two. We're, on a winning we're six and two on a winning streak. We got the guy here who's going to make us all money. Mike, I mean, this is, a, this is an incredible day, right? It is an incredible day. And um, I have to admit, um, I have been very resistant to jumping on the bandwagon for this Cardinals team. But, I mean, you said it. It's September 15th, and as of today – the Cardinals hold a playoff spot. I didn't think it was possible, and yet here we are. I think the only man who thought it possible was when Nolan hugged Greg Amsinger at the All-Star game, and he said, we're making the wild card. Nostradamus. No, he's, he's doing everything he can to deliver. <laughs> he is. And Tyler O'Neill, they turn him loose tonight on 3-0. He drives in two runs. And Mundo Sosa just scored from first on a blue pitch out of center field. I, See look, you later, Paul DeYoung. Don't it, come it, back. It, if well, let's relax on the okay. Let's relax on anointing Edmundo the next house. I, I, so I don't care what he does. But it is funny the wave of emotions, not just of a sports fan, but as, you know, when we're tuned into one team. I mean, for you and I especially, Mike, who've been tuned in. I mean, for me since I was like seven or eight, right? And I'm sure you're in that same boat. Absolutely. 
1982 is my first real big memory. I went to games before that. I don't remember that. I probably snapped there, fell asleep, and ate popcorn. Yeah, I think my first game was 1980, but like you, really uh, first real memories of following them on a day-to-day basis was 82. My first memory at a Cardinal game was with my grandparents, and I saw Albert Pujols hit three home runs. And I was like, ever since then, he's just been Jesus to me, honestly. <laughs> like, I saw him the other day, and I almost fainted. I didn't even say anything to him. I just saw him walk past me, and I almost passed out. Caleb spent about 48 hours on Bush Stadium Field a little starstruck. Now he's getting pretty comfortable with himself. I saw Matt Scherzer and Albert Pujols have a conversation that got stroked out. And about Instagram, which actually appeared on the news. Yes, I saw you were Ad, right there. I saw Max Scherzer ask Albert Pujols for an Instagram picture. <laughs> awesome. And I was like, I can't believe this just happened. So I, I'm thinking about quitting teaching and just going to go work for the grounds crew. Yeah. I heard the pay is not the best. <laughs> hey, I think it's a solid move. All right, Mike, let's talk Cardinals first because we got a lot to talk about. Thanks again. I, I appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy Wednesday and your busy schedule. I know you've got a lot going on in your life, but we, we are always happy when you can join us. Um, let, let, what – Okay, again, the wave of emotions, especially after the absolute terrible losses we've watched this team have, really in the last two months. I mean, it's happened all year, but really the last two months. I mean, with Gallegos and and Reyes, it's just one of those things where, Caleb and I talked about this last night, somebody's going to screw us. It's always the feeling. Even when you're winning, last night Baez hits the home run, and you're like, oh, here we go. We don't score. They bring in a guy who's never thrown a ground ball double play in like ages. (laughs) He gets Yachty on the double play. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but at one point I think I did say on here, nothing would be more Cardinal-ish, 2021 Cardinal-ish, than they make a run in the playoffs. I thought I said that. I think that was me because I made up the term. Cardinal-ish. <laughs> I think, I think um, I've been the most level-headed out of anybody on oh. this podcast about it, about all of it. I've been critical, but I have been level-headed about every player if, on the team. If Nolan were to listen to about four episodes okay, ago, be, he might think He would have agreed you. with me, I guarantee He might get it. fired. He would agree with me. I agree. But he's turned it on lately, kind of. He still goes one for four every day. But, I, I mean, you were shitting on Alex Reyes. You were shitting on everybody. You went to bed last night in the biggest game of the season. And then, you want to hear this, Mike? When I came downstairs to tell him that we won, he was, he was like, what? Oh, good. Like, I, I was in deep REM sleep. REM sleep doesn't occur to, like, the fifth hour. You were not. Well, it felt like it. Anyway. And he was like, oh, Alex Reyes is in. We're going to blow the game. I did. (laughs) Okay, Mike, we're we're back. We got happy Caleb, who's a little angry right now. I'm happy, but I'm mad at you for your fandom and the lack of support. (laughs) Okay, here's what I'll know. We've got a guy with us who probably feels the exact same way as I do. Right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit. So, Caleb, I will give you credit. And I don't know if I would use the term level-headed necessarily (laughs) – but I, I will give you credit. I, you have definitely been the most positive about the Cardinals for, um, you know, for the last two months. I, you, you see things in them that I did not see. And I have to give you credit because, it, you know, here we are. And I, I wrote this team off a month ago and um, couldn't even really find it very interesting to watch them play. I still did it. But – I, it made me salty. It made me like salty Caleb w- just watching them play day to day, you know, blowing games at the end, you know, at the end of the game and some of Mike Schilt's moves, <clears throat> head scratching to say the least. And and yet here we are. They continue to find a way. 
the two guys that I thought were probably turds that they picked up at the trade deadline are pitching well, winning important games. I, I didn't see it coming. The thing that I always was saying, they were so close. They were so close to winning all these games. They weren't getting blown out ever, hardly. They were just so close. There was always that one break when it go their way. Even that game that Rays gave up the Grand Slam to Vogelbach, bad call before that, and blue hits before that. It wasn't like Gio got railed and then Reyes came in. It was just they they were they were on the lucky side of it yesterday with that Lindor hit it right to Goldie, and of course you have a player where it's play. Goldie, um, Yadi, and Nolan. Find me any first base, third base catcher combination you'd rather have running that play. Maybe in, in the, the history of the game. Yep, you can't. It's those three, and. I mean, Alex Reyes, he's finally got a break, even though they tried to screw him over on a strikeout call, the call before. And, I mean, I think I would have loved the Gio to come in and shut him down and win the game. But I think they almost needed that more. They needed to be close to blowing it and not blow it because they've because they haven't had a game like that where they've just not blown it. They just blow it every time. So I think they almost needed that. I saw Mike Schilt get fired from the dugout for the first time ever yesterday. And I, I, was, I was in my room by myself. Everyone's asleep. <laughs> And I was about ready to just run through a wall because I was so jacked up. I come down and tell my dad he has no reaction. And I'm, I have no one to talk to. I have no one to talk to. Everyone's asleep. My girlfriend's asleep and doesn't care. So I'm just in my room yelling, waking up everyone in the neighborhood probably, after Kisner got that hit. Not to mention this is the room that he refuses to open the door and the ceiling fan's not working. So you walk in there and it's like an episode of The Sopranos in a sauna. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> so if, if you're lucky that you didn't get so excited, you worked yourself up, you gave yourself some sort of like overheat exposure thing. I think I almost passed out. Yeah, I'm I not surprised. Screaming. He did wake me up banging on the ground at one point. I'm jumping up and down. Whatever you but hey, it's all. I mean, here's the thing. I'm with you in the fact that not just a month ago, probably two weeks ago, I went, well, like the Brewers home run, the, the Brewers, Brewers Grand Slam. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Like, it's just not, it's not, no pun intended, in the cards this year. All right? Yeah. But, and almost there was part of me, Mike, that was like relieved with that. It was like a, a weight off of my shoulders. Because as Cardinals fans, we know, we, we bite our fingernails on every pitch. We overreact on every single pitch and every play and every bad Mike Schilt move. And we forget the great ones that he makes. In fact, there, I, I mean, I had already written down some notes to talk about last night in about the seventh inning, and I was ready to say, Mike Schill, why do we never warm guys up in the bullpen when we see the train wreck coming? And those are still things that I think are questions that are valid. But, but last night, again, I don't know what the next two weeks hold, but I will say this, and we've talked about this before, everything is better when your team is winning approaching the postseason in baseball. No question about it. And – um, I, yeah, I had a few things last night. So, you know, I'm critical when they lose, but I, I still second guess things when they win. I, I, I'm not sure why, um, why we had to go to the bullpen after four innings at 61 pitches. Was that um, pre-planned? So Jake Woodford. So he's been built up a lot this year. He was originally going to be a bullpen guy to be a Ponce type guy to get you two innings. Their plan was to get him through the lineup twice, hopefully around 60, 70 pitches, which is what he was at. And when he's been out around the lineup, through a lineup for the third time, even in the minor leagues, his ERA is like a 10. So they were going to get him through the lineup twice. Uh, and if he reached above 70 pitches, they were just going to yank him. So that's what they did. And they were hoping Ponce was going to come in and 
I'll throw a strike or two. But <laughs> and we'll get into yep. pause probably a little bit about the Yachty all Yeah, I'd like to talk about it for a But that's – yeah, that was the plan from the get-go. And to be fair, I, I mean, it worked. Cody Whitley's been a godsend the last week. So that was their plan going in. Third time through the line is tough for most pitchers in the league, but especially a guy like Woodford who relies heavily on deception. That when they know that he's trying to backdoor a sinker, that's when you see him start to turn on it. So that I didn't sinker flattens out and comes out yeah. over that plate a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I, and Mike, I was with you. I I wasn't necessarily as upset about that as, and I'm not even upset. I just always question as a guy like who who does try to coach along with the game. You know, right. like okay, what? Obviously, these guys have forgotten more. I mean, I love the game. I've coached at the high school level, at the youth level, whatever, but not anywhere near what these guys have. And I freely will admit that. But sure. I do like to kind of think along with them. And my thing always is it drives me wild. And it's not just chill. It's across the league we see it happen. When you see a guy, especially with this three-inning rule, you see a guy struggle with that first batter, I'd have a guy up immediately. And that's right. what drives me crazy sometimes with chill. Yeah, and even if you're, even if you're not going to get him hot, at least get him, get him throwing, you know. Yes. As soon as you see some trouble, just at least, at least play a little catch and see what happens with the next batter or two. But that, you're right. That's hard. And I know the three batter rule is a difficult thing for managers to deal with. You know, it's idiotic. It, it is. It is. It took – Randy Choate wanted to have a job right now. Yeah, he really and did. And that is yeah, why I, I really agree. hate it. You have, he has to be facing three lefties. And with benches these days, there's a lot of teams have five guys on it now. Like you're not well, – And you're seeing managers wisely mix up their lineup with those, every, I mean, that lefty-righty thing that's really becomes way more important now than it ever used That's what the Yankees to. used to do with Posada and Deere yeah. and all those guys. But now it's even more now, important. Yeah, now that's, right. that's why the Cardinals right. at times, when bullpens come in, they struggle because they don't have lefties. Mike, how valuable would those 80s Cardinals team be right now when you ran six switch hitters out? Right. Yeah, and it you also had relief. You, yeah, you had relief pitchers going out to play left field for a batter and come right. back into pitch to the next batter. I mean, yeah, Whitey would have no problem with these rules. No, I agree. I think these were made. I mean, he might have created them. <laughs> he might have created them. Yeah, he might have been on the committee. Let's talk about brief because I'd love – you guys are both obviously athletes, and, and you've played sports your entire lives. And I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I had an immediate reaction that I think was much more fan-based than it was athlete-based. So after I went back, I kind of wanted to look at this a little bit different. And that, that's the problem I have sometimes too. Obviously – we live in the world of up to the minute we want to make a snap decision, and that's the worst thing to do, and I am terrible. At, I am awful about it. All I, do, all I have to do is get on my Twitter or my Facebook, and you will see how bad I am about it. All right, And I, I, I admit that. But last night with the, we see Ponce and we see Yachty come off the field, and there's obviously an altercation. Well, Ponce was in the dugout already. Ponce was in the dugout. We see, yeah, that's right. And Yachty come off the field, and then you know they cut the break, and then they come back. Mike, what do you think happened? Have you read anything? I, I've seen nothing. I don't think we will. I think Caleb brought that up with me earlier today. I don't think we will. What What do you think that was? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. The only thing I could think of was, I, you know, Ponce threw that uh, hanging curveball up high that went off Yachty's glove and went to the backstop. I mean, I, that was kind of the only thing I could see where, you know, Ponce might have some contention with him, but I, I don't know. And I like you said, they didn't come out and say anything, and they probably won't. Uh, we may not know any details on what that conversation was like until – you know, long after the season's over. But, yeah, Yachty was – whatever he said, Yachty wasn't happy about it. See, I don't think I, – I, I don't think Ponce knew how bad he was, and he also knows who Yachty is. I don't think he had anything to say. I don't think he said anything. 
My guess would be he ha- his body language after he walked the pitcher was terrible. He was out there looking defeated. He didn't throw another strike, really. I was on the assumption that I've been in – I've done this before, and I'm at fault for it, and I've been yelled at by coaches for it, where you see a guy mentally check out on the field while you're playing with them, there's nothing worse. Like, you, you will go in and you will light them up because they're costing your team a game. And if it's a physical error, you can live with it because it happens. But a mental error, you can, right now in the postseason race, you can't. So my, my, my view of it was they're competing every day. They're around each other every single day. Yadi's probably talked with Ponce about his mental side of the game. He probably came in and said, you need to clean it up or you're not going to pitch or you're going to cost us a postseason spot. And that's probably what, it, what happened. And then obviously it got contended. And when I, saw, um, when I saw Ponce, I read his lips and it looked like he said, I wasn't trying to. So I, I think what like, he yeah. said was you can't go out there and just shit the bed and not throw strikes, and you can't just cost us runs like that. And I would assume it's a heat of the battle thing. I've always – I told my dad this yesterday before while it was happening, while we saw it. I was like, I, I, I don't ha- have a problem with it happening. In fact, I've kind of been wanting it to happen more with our bullpen and Yachty. But that stuff I think should happen in the clubhouse, and we should never hear about it. And I don't want to hear about it. I don't need to know as a fan – what happened in that moment? Cause it doesn't matter to me. It's about them getting it straight. I'm sure they're fine now, but I don't think it's like that's whole bullshit. The Mets went through with, was it a rat or a raccoon with Jeff McNeil? <laughs> don't make some bullshit story. Say it's between us and the clubhouse. You guys don't need to yeah. know. That's all. I, I don't care. I don't, it's worse if we know than if we don't, I don't want to know. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's pretty much how they're handling it. It's, it's between them and nobody else's business. And I, I think, Handling it that way makes it go away that much faster, too. So I think gonna, so, too. And not going to be know, a my, lingering like, thing. My immediate reaction was I hate to see that in the dugout. That's a coach coming out. Sure. But then as, a, as an athlete, I've jumped guys. I've had guys jump me. Like, I, it's happened. And rightfully so, usually on every account. And you do get defensive. And maybe that likes, maybe that lit a spark under the entire team. Who knows? Like Caleb said, you never know. It was just interesting to see because normally I think Yachty probably <clears> handles <throat> – you don't see that. You, you see how you handle the, the business in the clubhouse. I think everybody does that. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting thing to see. The, he was obviously pissed off about something. I don't know. Kale brought this up earlier. I don't know if Ponce crossed him up. But who knows? It, again, it, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. But something, it was. It might have been one of those things that this team, like you said, needed. And it probably needed to happen. And I don't have any problem with that. I have control of my team. Mike Schultz is going to go over there and say anything to him. So if you have a problem and you're Yachty who's been catching for 18 years and is the leader, very much so the leader of this team, and you have a problem with something, say it. And if you say it around everyone else, let it be known to everyone else that you have to go in there right now and not be a mental midget or you can't, you can't be in the game. Yeah, and Mike, I'm sure you're like this too. And, and obviously, you're, you know, even at, the, even at that 13, 12, 13, 14 level, I always told you guys, like Caleb and all those guys, this is your dugout. Like I'm here, but you guys have right. to police your own dugout. You know, and, and I did that at the high school level too. I think that is incredibly important as an athlete. Yeah, and I I I have pulled kids aside after a game and said, "Hey, you know, I know that you just saw something you didn't like, and you are more than free as a leader on this team to s- step up and say something." Absolutely. I, the, co- the, co- the coaches don't catch everything; they don't see everything. You know, coaches are out on the field sometimes, and everybody's in the dugout and. Just not, you know, they're in their own little world, and they're not going to be able to police everything. So, yeah, having leaders, having players that go out there and say what needs to be said, it's very important at every yeah, level. Yeah, I, I agree. And I just think, you know, also as a player myself, and, you know, when I was a younger player, like being called up through the levels, 
I remember like, okay, I'm seeing these guys act like idiots, but I can't say anything. It's not my job to say anything. I'm a freshman or a sophomore. It's not my job. But when somebody else says it, you're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. We're all yep. saying That's that. how it was thank when you. I was a freshman and got called to varsity, and we were dog shit. We were so bad. <laughs> and uh, there were guys that just what they weren't in the game mentally. I'm like, I can't say anything. Right. I'm 14. They're 18. Yeah. Like, what am I going to say? Yep. If they contend me and try and fight me, they're going to kick my ass. So I'm just going <laughs> to lay back. I don't even want to be here right now. I'm scared of everybody. <laughs> so I have very yeah. much so experienced that side of it. And also, if it's, I think if that would have been Tommy going over there to say Ponce, it would have ended a lot differently. But if Yachty says something to you, that's like your dad, yeah. I agree. That probably, Ponce is probably still thinking about that yeah. moment right now. Yeah. So I, I hope, I, I, I mean, I'm assuming they did. They ironed it out. And whatever happened, happened. Yep. But, I mean, they got a win. Who knows if that played any part in firing him up. In but, my mind, it did. But either way, I don't care. I don't even care if it was something that maybe Yachty shouldn't have said. The fact that they care that much and are that intense, it makes sense. This is their life. We forget that. It's a, it's a game, and we love it. We're fans of a sport. But this is their life. This is what they do. Yachty's trying to get in the Hall of Fame. You don't think he wants another ring? You don't think all these guys want to win? They get paid off of their performance, too. Like, I, I don't have any problem with that happening. I would prefer to have him in the clubhouse. But if there's something that Yachty thought he needed to say, he doesn't do that very often, which makes me think he did think he needed to say it. I don't. In, in my that. opinion, it was Bill Yost from Remember the Titans telling Petey, you'll get your chance next year. Stay on the sidelines. We're winning this damn thing without you. Right. That's... <laughs> all right. Let's talk a little bit about Carlton. we got a lot of other stuff to go. First of all. It's 5-1, by the way. All right. Well, that's all right. First of all, um, okay, one of my favorite things when Wayne posts, Mike, is your, 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 or when he pitches is your post. Cy Young, right? <laughs> I mean, it's awesome to discuss. Now, here's the thing. He's not going to win it. He's not. Right? I know he's not going to win it. I post it every time just to try to speak it into existence. Well, I realize he's he, he doesn't have a chance. I mean, Scherzer, I love, unless he just gets hurt, is, is pretty much locked this, it up, I think. I want you to take this from Facebook to Twitter because all you have to hashtag is the Cardinals, and you're going to have 400,000 people from South <laughs> County who are on board with you. <laughs> Like, it is hilarious to me. Like, it's like, look, I, what he's done, it's not – I don't even have – I'm out of – I already said this before. I'm out of adjectives to describe Adam Wainwright at this point. I'm just done. He's What he's doing is magnificent. But all you have to do is take a look at what Max Scherzer has done. Uh-huh. He's not going to win either. I think he is. You, oh, he's – yeah. yeah. Scherzer is absolutely going to win it. I think so, too. Think so. All the riders are putting Cody Brown first. Yeah, but we don't matter. know that. We don't know that. No, we do, because they all talk on the network. All you, look at what Scherzer has done in L.A. I'm not saying he should. I know. I, I mean, I'm saying I don't think he will. Okay, I think he will. And I think he deserves it. I think, but I first think of they all, should give it to three people at this point. Do you think Wayno finishes in the top four, Mike? Uh, probably not. But I, I, think if, I think if he just continues to do it, I mean, he's, he's basically winning every single time out and giving up two or fewer runs. He did – have the one where he left some guys out there when he left the game and ended up giving up four and runs. But aside from that, it's been one, two, or zero every time out, and the team's winning every time he pitches. I, I think if he continues to do that, he's probably got four starts left in him. I mean, he could be a 20-game winner. Yeah, he has to win all four of them. And Certainly should be at least in the – you think yeah, at least I mean, in the now, top five. He's top ten, top five in almost every category in pitching. He's been great. And even that Dodgers game where he gave up four, one of them he didn't really give up because – he did, you know, but Gio came in and got a sack fly, so that run scored. And cost me a fantasy league, but we'll just not <laughs> I mean, talk about that. He had, he's 16-7 with a 2.88 ERA, a 1.03 whip, 
thrown 190 innings. The man's 40 years old. He has 170 strikeouts. I again, I love the uh, opponents are in 214 against him. It's I mean, he's the most valuable. This is the guy that the three of us watch, and we say we face better pitchers than that in high school. (laughs) No, I mean, guy. Well, you know what? Okay, (laughs) but you know what I mean, right? We we more talented saw saw better stuff in high school, right, Mike? Yeah, I I mean, I faced uh, Chris Detmer, who threw harder than Wainwright does right now in high school. And uh, so that's yeah, but. No, nobody that could do what Wainwright does as far as uh, being a, a craftsman and a pitcher. No, it, it's been his sinker. His sinker is such a weapon for him. It, right it really is. He backdoors that thing so well. His curveball has always been nasty. And I didn't see this coming. He, like he, he was dead in the water two years ago. And then the last, and then 2020 was great, but I wrote it off because it was 60 games and we were facing the Central, who sucks. But right now, I mean, he he's really had he had that one bad start in San Diego that was atrocious. But other than that, like he really hasn't had a dud. No, the whole year it's been. I don't know how his ERA is even that high. Like it seems almost higher than it should be. He's just he's incredible. And that four runs against the Dodgers, who cares? It's the Dodgers. I consider that a shutout because you can't right. Dodgers the four runs in eight and eight third. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he, he started twenty nine games. He has twenty uh, quality starts. Only Bueller has more. He, he pitched. I'm sorry, Alcantara has more. He pitched also. a complete game and got a loss. Yeah, I mean. Hey, here, here's okay, Mike. Obviously, I hate to get ahead of us, but we're looking at at a one game winner take all. As of right now, it's going to be the Dodgers. Do you have to? I guess it all depends on what happens that last week. If you're going into those weekend games where you have to win baseball games, which we probably will be. Um, yeah, for sure. If you don't have Wayno on the mound in LA or in San Francisco, it, it's going to be tough, right? You have to set your rotation for him to pitch that game. No, no, you you have to. Yeah, you have to. So Wainwright has to. What if you have to win Sunday? Yeah. uh, Do you know what I mean to get in? I can see that too, but I think uh, I would still save Wainwright for the playoff game, and that's just me. So from what I've seen, I looked out. Wainwright should be scheduled to go that – that Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it is, the last game is the Brewers. So we couldn't even pitch Sunday if they won. Okay. All and right. it's against the Cubs. So he doesn't so, pull a mad bum. So he's not – well, I hope not. Because then we'll lose the swap right. game. But once again, getting ahead of ourselves. Well, agree. Agree. I agree. That's what we do. Have that's to win the night. Yeah. yeah. And then so, San Diego's coming home and we got we to win. So just to, just to put a bow on the Cy Young talk, you know, I defer to Vegas when we talk about these things, right? Yeah. And right now, right now, Max Scherzer is minus 105 to win the Cy Young. He's the favorite. Burns is plus 145. Bueller plus 300. And uh, Adam, yeah. Wa- Adam Wainwright is the seventh choice at 75, 75 to 1. So, I, I said I think he finishes top 10, top 7, um, top, we'll five. top 5. I think he'll finish top 5 at this well, point. Well, Wheeler's kind of fallen off. Yeah, Wheeler top. has kind of fallen off. Um it, it's just awesome. Like I said, I'm excited he's coming back next year. Uh, Potentially. Here's the question. You might have Jack back by that, that weekend, too. Who knows? I mean, here's the good thing. This could be the good thing for the Cardinals. Again, knocking on wood. You get the Padres team who is reeling this weekend. At home, you don't have to go out there where always something crazy happens. Well, Tatis hits a home yeah, Right, right. Then we have Milwaukee who literally twice. We got them twice. Four. Oh, yeah, we have them for seven games. Right, that's what I thought. Who's playing for nothing, right? Absolutely nothing. I hope outside, they clinch before we get Outside of potentially 
would they be playing for no, the two or three seed? They're not even close. They're, they're or would they be seed. playing for the two seed? They're so far ahead of Atlanta, so far behind. Okay, so, so they're going to be the two seed no matter what. And then you get the Cubs, who obviously want to play spoiler, but they're they're been bad. playing really well. I know, but they're bad. Uh, I mean, it lines up for us, right? It seems to me like, yeah, I, it seems to me like the Cardinals are the only team interested in actually getting the second wild card spot. It really, the Padres have that, been that's terrible. Way to put it. Uh, Padres have been the Padres have lost twenty out of their last twenty eight games. And that was while Blake Snell is healthy, and he's not healthy. Right. And Darvish is just bad. So I say that yeah. it's not whenever he faces <laughs> us, but yeah, I well, yeah, I, I think it does. It all the stars have aligned. Uh, the schedule that we thought was going to be really brutal in September has somehow managed to turn into. Um, a fairly manageable schedule. It is. It has. To be fair, it has been. They're just playing really good baseball. Like they're in every game. Yeah. That's really except for one game against the Dodgers, but it's the Dodgers. So <laughs> who gives a shit? We got two out of four. That's all I care. And it was about. Scherzer, right? Uh, yeah. 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 You we just struck out fourteen against us or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. But I, I don't know. I have, I've, I've been saying that they're not dead. You have. I, I've yeah. Agree. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never thought they were dead. I thought that they had to, they had to have a massive turnaround. I didn't think Jay Happ and John Lester would be the turnaround we needed, but and they have been. So who cares? Also, to all the people on Twitter who want Mike Maddox fired, that man, that man has to, done I'll a whale of a job. I'll go to battle for that. Yeah, that man has done a whale of a job. And, and when you get veterans like Lester and Happ who openly come out and say it's because LeBlanc, of this guy and, and LeBlanc, right, and McFarland and Garcia, I'm going to take those guys' word, yeah. right? I'm going to take those guys' word. And no one's saying that about Jeff Albert, by the way. I just want to put that out. <laughs> so, one, a couple more things on the Cardinal note that I want to hit on, and then I want to hit just real briefly baseball when we get into, the, you get into football here. Um, that play last night, we touched on it a little bit. Goldschmidt, having, you know, I always say, and it's not me, I did not come up with this quote. So, whoever said it, way smarter than me. But I use it as a coach all the time. You never know how valuable a first baseman is until you have a bad one. Like Jose Martinez. <laughs> Or, or Matt Carpenter. Matt Adams. And you, yeah. leave, you leave Big City out your mouth. He was terrible. But, <laughs> but, but when you have a guy like Goldie, I, I've never seen anything like it. If he doesn't – and I know Freddie Freeman is, is incredible. I know Rizzo's over in the American League now. But Goldschmidt might has to win the, the, the uh, gold glove, right? Yeah, just keep showing that play over and over again. Oh, my God. That, or, or, the, or the play – I have never or seen the, Gould posted this morning. I've never seen – the three, two, five tag double play. I don't think I've ever seen that. They said they work on it a lot. And the thing that impressed me the most, it wasn't the most physically challenging play. That's not what was impressive about it at all. What was impressive about it was how quickly he knew what he was doing with the ball. As soon as he, he got, got the ball, he stepped on first. Didn't even think about throwing the second, which an inexperienced guy would have done. Jose Martinez definitely would have thrown into left field. <laughs> um, he stepped on the base, whipped quickly around, and threw home. And then Yadi chased down Pilar. Mets fans are all pissed off about it. I don't know what you want Pilar to do. Right. He has to wait. Yeah. But he also has to make an attempt. Because if he doesn't go, then um, Goldie's just going to step on the base and tag the guy out going to second. Right. He had to go. And I was just – it was perfect. And the reaction after it, everyone's fired up by the guy, but the guy that made the play. Because it's Goldie, <laughs> who's just business as usual. I saw an interview with him. He was wearing a camo flannel, but it was way too tight. I was like <laughs> – that's Paul Goldschmidt, I guess. But uh, it was it was incredible. And to see Yachty, Nolan, and Alex, all three guys were fired up. I mean, it was awesome. I'm yeah. Sorry. Well, and you're exactly right about that. And, 
you know, the truly elite defenders um, have those plays going through their head before they happen, and that's why they're able to make them and, and make it look like that. I mean, they – but Goldschmidt knew exactly what he was going to do if the ball was hit to him, and he had that he had that scenario played out in his head before the pitch was thrown. And, and it played that's, out perfectly. It did play exactly. out. Exactly. Right, yep. right on the bag. I mean, that was perfect. That was, I was jumping for joy. And, you know – like Mike said it perfectly, those guys, they're playing chess instead of checkers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're three steps ahead of everybody. One of my favorite plays is a second baseman, and I stole it from Ryan Sandberg. Like, thank you, game of the week, by the way. That's what I got to grow up watching. But it was like when you had a speedy guy hitting and you had first and second, ground ball to short, throw to me, I was throwing to third every time behind the runner because that guy running from second to third would always round the bag. Yep. We, we got – I bet we used that play three or four times in high school – where we got the guy running because he would just he had no idea the ball was coming. Our third baseman would go over there because I'd throw the ball over there and boom. It's it's just those plays that you know watching that that was unbelievable. Reyes needed that so much. Um, I, I love to games. watch great defense, and we're so lucky here to have watched Yachty over the last seventeen years. But I mean, if you go all the way back in my lifetime, just looking at the defensive guys we've had between Ozzy, between Pendleton, one of the most, in my opinion, underrated third baseman of all time. But you had Tommy Herr. You had Willie. You had, and then we go into the next level where Ray Langford was a great, a good player, not as awesome. But you know, and then you just keep going with that defense with Yachty and Roland and Edmonds, and it, the big. We've been really lucky here. Yeah, it's just been a yeah, Gold Glover is all over the place. Um, you know, we, we also went from Matheny to Molina behind the plate, which was right. you know another awesome defensive catcher that we had. Like you said, Roland, Edmonds, even Ken Oberfell back in the day was a really solid third baseman. It's just absolutely, and all it's eight. just been. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. And it's just been a staple of the card of Cardinals baseball. They've always had really good defense and solid pitching, and you know, get what you can with the bats, unless you uh, trot out the three MVP candidates like we did for a while. <laughs> Who all played great defense, by the way? Yes, Albert. they did. Absolutely. No, Albert was an underrated first baseman. Anyway, all eight, all eight of the guys on the field right now are above average defenders. Absolutely, well above. It. Dylan Carlson is the worst defender, and he doesn't worry you ever. No, except for when he he's in right ball. field. I mean, but I'm just saying, right. he has a great arm. They you legitimately have, have three center fielders they have, in the outfield. They have the best um, defensive team in all of baseball. Did you tell me we have the most most runs above average? That's what it was. Okay, and it's by a lot too. They they are incredible. This is the best defense I've ever seen the Cardinals have have in my time watching them, and. Um, we have a Gold Glove candidate on the bench. Like Paul DeYoung has been a Gold Glove candidate, and he doesn't even start anymore. And we're going to bring in a guy named Story or Seager next year that's going to make well, it Seager's even better. Terrible defensively. Okay, Story or Correa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One one more thing I want to hit on uh, with baseball before we move on. All right, Mike. This is I have to lay this out because this is the one that blows my mind. We got a guy in the American League who legitimately could win the Triple Crown and not win MVP. Something never seen before in baseball, and I don't think something that we'll ever see again. I make it make it make sense to me. It's amazing, isn't it? I, well, and it just goes to show you how historic of a season that Shohei Otani's having. Uh, to have a guy that may potentially win the triple cl- the triple crown, lead the league in hits too. He's leading all of baseball in hits on top of that, and and still not win the MVP. It reminds me of uh, Dale Murphy in 1985. I don't know if you 
remember his season in 1985. Willie McGee won the MVP that year, but uh-huh. Dale, Mur- Dale Murphy that year batted 300, 37 home runs, 111 RBIs, won a gold glove and a silver slugger, finished seventh in the MVP voting. <laughs> what? Oh. what? Uh, it's, that, it's, wild, it's wild, man. And honestly, shout out to Vladdy. Like, the whole offseason, oh. everybody talked about him losing weight. He went on this massive exercise routine and, and stopped eating crap. And, you know, a lot of guys do that, right? And they don't put forth these kind of numbers. He, it, This is amazing. And like I said, he, he is beating him in every offensive category. Um, every single one, I think, except doubles. And doubles and triples. Stolen bases, whatever, right? But, I mean, the big ones. The big doubles. But then you look at Otani with a 3.3 ERA, 170-some right. strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, glad he like, doesn't pitch. <laughs> right. That I, saw, I heard somebody say on MLB Central the other morning, they were like, well, now if, if Guerrero's got four shutouts in him the rest of the way, then he's right. got a shot. Right. Wild. Yeah, also, there's also a um, – I would say that twice. Um, <laughs> is, does he win it every year if he does this every year, Otani? I, I – or you know what it's going to be? It's going to be one of those LeBron situations where they just <laughs> expect it, so they don't give it to him. Um, what he's doing this year, like Mike said, how historic it is. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And, you know, it just it just sucks that Guerrero potentially – you know, we had the Mickey Triple Crown, and Trout had that amazing year. Yep. Obviously, Mickey wins the MVP. Um, but it's going to be wild if, if, a, if a guy wins triple – or hits for the Triple Crown. My lifetime, I've seen it once, and it could happen again. Uh, amazing, amazing to me how good this Otani season has been. It's just a shame that it's rotting in Anaheim. It's also a shame to me that the Hank Aaron Award isn't cared about more because I think, like, that should be the Offensive Player of the Year Award for baseball, and Otani should win the MVP, and Vlad should get the Offensive Player of the Year Award, and we should care about it, but we don't. For whatever reason, we don't. That's a good point. Everyone cares about the MVP. Why does no one care about the Hank Aaron Award? MVP should be the most valuable player, and Offensive Player of the Year should be the Offensive Player of the Year, which is what MVP has become. And I, that's, that's at least my view on it. I wish we would care about the Hank Aaron Award more. Good. Mike, view. anything else you want to add about baseball before we move into the, uh, the, the pigskin? I don't think so. I'm ready to, I'm ready to move on. I know right. I'm definitely ready to move on from last week. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're going to get to that in a minute. Let's talk a little NCAA. Just a few things here. It, can anybody beat Alabama? Oh, I think they can. I think think Georgia could beat them. I think Georgia could beat them. Georgia's got a top-notch defense, and that's what you need. You need a defense that can keep you in the game and, uh, you know, have some fluky things happen. But it's possible. I mean, I don't don't think this is the best Alabama team that we've seen in the last 10, 15 years. So, yeah, sure, they're beatable. It's not necessarily likely, but it, it could happen. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I really am intrigued to see Georgia. Uh, what Oregon did going into Ohio State, I thought was all. I mean, they were 14.5-point dogs, I think. Um, and just to see that was – I mean, there was – I think I tweeted, but there was a lot of speed on that field in Columbus. The other day. I did, again, I love Pac-12 football. I don't get to watch it a lot. Um, and just to see Oregon do that, I think, shocked a lot of people. Playing at 11 a.m., flying in from out west, playing at 11 a.m. in the shoe – and then to beat uh, Ohio State like that, who might have the best group of wide receivers probably in college football. Um, I thought that was amazing. And not just beat them, but beat them soundly. I mean, that, that game was pretty much never in doubt. Yeah, that's – yeah, true. True. It was I – got, I got a couple things that I want to talk about college football rule-wise that I would love to see change. It's not going to because no one cares what I think. One, I am so tired of watching these teams play FCS teams. FC, 
F, you know what I mean. Division yes. one play Division one double A teams. It's good for the double A teams. It, it so is, but it, not I really because they got the no. I get the what's well, all money. It's all based on money. But you know when you've got you've got Ohio State playing Oregon in the second week, and you've got these other now. When Jacksonville State beats Florida State, it's pretty fucking awesome. If yeah. we're if we're gonna be awesome, if we're gonna be awesome. right, right. So that is awesome. I get it. I, I just I think these elite programs, I think they do themselves such a hindrance because the only thing that can happen, and we saw Michigan lose was it uh, was it Appalachian State a few years ago? Yep. I think or Valdosta State. Yep. It was one of those. It was it was Appy State. Okay, that's what I thought. I think all you can do you it's a lose lose situation for the for the big dog. You know, and outside of money, I would much rather see them play a team from the MAC, or see them play a team from uh, the you know out west somewhere, the Boise State, or BYU. We saw BYU go in and beat Utah, uh, or well at home, but Utah. You know what I mean? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I don't have a problem with it to be honest with you. I, I look at, you know. You're right in that it's it's a lose lose. You're you're not going to gain anything from doing it except for the really elite teams like the Alabamas when they play a Mercer. They just they they just get a bye week, a chance to work on some things. I mean, they're not going to lose a game like that. Uh, but but the lower level Division One teams and the programs that are struggling like Florida State definitely have nothing to gain by playing them. But it's still fun to see. Uh, you know, you look at UC Davis beating um, Tulsa last week, and you mentioned the Jacksonville State over Florida State. So some of these FCS teams are better than some of the bottom feeders of the Division One group. And Montana beating Washington the week before. Right. And, and Washington was a top 10 team, I think, going into the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I – I get it. I get it. I, I just think you're hurting your strength of schedule. Like in these programs that are, you know, going to want into that final four, it hurt, it's got to hurt everybody across the board. It has to hurt your, your conference. It has to hurt. Uh, but again, I get it. I'm not angry about it. It's just one of those things I would much rather see them play. Like Oregon, Ohio State was awesome. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, even though they're in the same conference, awesome. But you had Georgia Clemson. That's awesome. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, obviously, those are always entertaining when you can get some power five non-conference games against each other. And, and you know, look, Oregon beating Ohio State's a perfect example. That's, that's, a, that's a great game. It's great for the sport. It's great for the television ratings. It's great for the, you know, the, the TV companies that carry it. It's, it's great for everybody, and the, fan, and the fans love it. Does Cincinnati have a legit shot to get in the final four if they go undefeated? I would say yes. I would say yes, because if they go undefeated, that would, you know, that would include uh, winning this week against Indiana, which is, um, that's a pretty good test. You know, a big 10 team on the road. I would say that's, that would be a legitimate win. And then they have Notre Dame on their schedule. They, that's right. At, I actually had forgotten about that. That's right. Yeah, so they're they're playing at Notre Dame. Uh, so I would say based on those two games um, on the road at Indiana, on the road at Notre Dame, I would say if they are able to sweep those two and the rest of their schedule, the rest of their schedule is pretty weak. But if they were to go undefeated, I think they would have a legitimate shot, especially when you already have 
teams like Clemson, Ohio State, you know, already losing, that's, you know, that's big. Because Yeah, I agree. It's just wild to me that Clemson's ahead of them in the standings. <laughs> right. But, but again, it's week two. It's, you know, not time to overreact anything. I, I would love to see it. I wanted to see UCF get a shot a few years ago. I felt like if you – it just drives me nuts in a league that you're telling a team that they can go undefeated and not play for the championship. That's the college football is the only sport in the world that that can happen. It's the truth. Yep, and, I know, can't argue with that. But I, but I also see where they're coming from because you know you're only letting four teams in. That's why it's too. been. That's why it's been important that we need to get this expanded. Uh, you know, I think sixteen would be perfect, and I and I th- and I think that would be perfectly doable schedule wise. I mean. You can even keep all the bowl games as they are, okay? We'll have the round of 16 will be, you know, the Peach Bowl and the Cotton Gator bowl, bowl and whatever. Right, exactly. All those smaller bowls, and you just work your way up to the Final Four. and, and I've, Yeah, I've said that for years. You could keep people happy with the bowl games and still implement the college playoff system, but also what it does, it gives the Cincinnati's, it gives potentially the BYU's, the UCS, the Boise State's of the world a shot. And that's all they can ask for. Yeah. Like, all right. you can ask for is a chance. Yeah. And, we've and then seen when they Kansas get beat Oklahoma, we've seen Utah you would also win in those probably games. probably see like, more big prospects go to those teams. Absolutely. Fighting for something. Absolutely. Like, I wouldn't go to Boise State if I had an option offer from them or someone with a legit shot. Right. A chance. Yeah. Like, so I, I think I, I'm with you, Mike. I, I think 12 is a great start. I mean, I was shocked that they didn't just go to six or something, right. Mickey Mouse like that, but they went up to 12. And I think yeah. I'm, I'm on board with 16, and I don't think you need to go beyond 16. But here would Not be my either. suggestion. Eliminate the FCS games. <laughs> Cut it yeah. down to 12 games. You know what I mean? Cut sure. your schedule down to 11, and then you've got the championship. That way you don't have all these extra games. Let's go to 16-game playoffs. I like it. Yeah, Sign me up. One more rule that I think you might be signed up for, both of you guys, knowing how you are and competitive. We've got to get rid of this targeting rule in college football. It, this is unbelievable that – that, that play that last week where the guy makes the incredible tackle and it's rule targeting and now he's out and then he has to sit a half. Like, obviously, Skalski and Clemson has lived this life for three years. But let, the funniest one ever, in my opinion, is USC play Stanford. Kicker kicks off. Guy breaks one. Kicker tackles him. They throw him out for targeting. First play of the game. Yep. Now, USC yep. didn't have a kicker. <laughs> What yep. world are we that's, living that's, with this rule? Like, if you want to throw a flag, let's throw a flag. It's also but, just dumb to me. I don't know why it's an absolute. And half Have the, a target and a card targeting two like the NBA then. If you do it twice around, why is it that you immediately get kicked out of the game? There are ones where guys vault themselves with their heads into it. Out. Agreed. But this whole even but, – but kick them out of the game. Don't make them sit another game. No. I don't mind punishing really bad plays like that because it could kill somebody or really hurt them. But like I said, I mean, there's multiple things you could call targeting. Just like a flagrant in the NBA, they're not the same. I'm me punching someone in the face on purpose. It's not I, the same as me accidentally elbowing someone in the nose. I mean, we have to be so able to tell our, our referees that you're smart enough to differentiate. Yeah, and they, also, but the they're other, not, to be fair. Well, they are. They definitely are. And they're trained well enough. I, and if anything, the replay booth should be. Rule. Yeah, just I, I'm with you. And, and like you said, if, if we've gotten to the point where they're kicking out a kicker on the first play of the game for targeting – We've probably got a problem with the rule, right? <laughs> and <clears throat> I can't believe it. And for me, I, I'm looking at it like this. Um, we have the officials on the field. We have the replay booth. 
we should be able to tell the the problem with the rule for me is that they've broadened it so much that you know if they fit any of the criteria they're going to call targeting did he launch himself did he you know lead with the helmet for me and maybe i'm a little barbaric about this but if if you launch yourself and you end up helmet to helmet i think that's targeting you ejected that's fine but i watched that kickers tackle and okay yeah he launched himself a little bit and he might have led with his head but his head hit the guy's shoulder pad. Correct. I, I, I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, that guy that got tackled was not injured. He got right back up. It was he was probably embarrassed that the kicker tackled him. <laughs> but but I cannot see how we are just getting to a point where we're just kicking people out of the game. Uh, you know because his head was down or he launched himself. I mean, you have to be able to at full speed, make a tackle. You go helmet to helmet. That to me, that's, that's the line. You go helmet to helmet. That's fine. No zero tolerance. You're, you're kicked out of the game. To me, it's the equivalent of the MLS having only red cards. (laughs) Like you don't warn anybody. It's just, if you say something to me, I don't kick him out. Like, just have levels. There's levels to everything. There's like that kicker. Then give him a warning. He does it again. He's out. But don't kick him out of the game unless it's intended. Tar- targeting is an intention. If you intend to do it and it's obvious, then get kicked out. But if you are going for a hard nosed play and you accidentally football, go, by the way, go is. helmet to helmet on accident, yeah. right. why are you out of the game and punished? Yeah. And, and again, to if, do if it we again. need to throw a flag, let's throw a flag. But let's be honest there's one guy, there's two guys. Not tackling or hitting anybody the entire week. Maybe let's more than that. There's a few. Your quarterbacks, your punter, and your kicker. This guy's not working on Oklahoma drills. No. No. Sued the team. Right. Like it's that's not happening. So he's not hitting people. So if his form was not great, hey, okay, let's not throw him out. Right. Yeah. Vader. Let him. Vader bomb. Nuke. Get it out, Vader. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, that's, that just drives me well. And, and I think you, you summed it up, Mike, when you said we don't leave. Like, we've given the, the umpires – the umpires, good Lord. I was watching the game. Referees. The referees no wiggle room with the interpretation. Like, it's, it's like we're telling you you're too dumb. As a teacher, I feel that because that's what a lot of people have done to educators is, here, we know better for you than common you know core. for your kids. Yeah. Right, exact common core. Like, so, you know, let these guys pay them to do their job. There are every play is different, and let's just be smart about this. Let's not ruin the entire landscape of, of the NCAA because we called a kid for targeting in a huge game when the running back lowered his head, so he hit him helmet to helmet, and now he can't play the first half of the let's say the ACC championship or the SEC championship. Right? That's yeah, yeah. So I'm on board, Mike. I agree. I, I think we've got to we've got to, common sense at some point has to come right. in in this country, right? Man, Lord help us. <laughs> and I, I understand wanting to make the game safer because it is a We're all, I, I, dangerous everyone, sport. Right, everyone's on board but with that. But you have to have there's like I said, there's levels to everything. Yeah. I hate absolutes. So do I. Only the dark arts deal in absolutes. So, <laughs> look at As you. they say in Star Wars. Look at you dropping I, Star I, Wars. I hate. Knowledge. I hate it. I hate it. It's so dumb. Nothing should be dealt with absolutes. <laughs> everything is. Everything's different. Yeah. It's, I don't like it. So. I, we might as well end the show now on that one. Thanks. Like that was perfect. <laughs>
Love dying. <laughs> oh, dying. Have you been okay. sitting on that for a while? Yeah. And that was, I actually say that a lot. The, uh, hey, I don't want to hear I it for a while now, but I like it. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. Well done. Well done. You and McGregor. Well done. All right. All right. Anything else you need to hit on uh, college football wise, Mike? Any anybody that you think you could, you know, who I love to watch. This is the last thing I'll say. I love to watch Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Uh-huh. That, they might yeah. throw the ball seventy times a game. Yep. You you can't blink if you're watching them. They're they're it, it's like watching the old UNLV basketball team. Yeah, that's what I was. They're say. not going to stop anyone, but they will get up and down that field. Yeah, it's a track meet. Could you imagine Lane Kiffin's offense with an Alabama defense? <laughs> No, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I could not imagine that. And I think there was a hope that that was going to happen at some point in time. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it's who like anybody you're enjoying watching, or anybody you think could like maybe sneakily move up a little bit. That first of all, one last thing: that Iowa State Iowa game was electric. It was. It always. Is yep. That was. Always and that was. Uh, you stole my thunder because that was oh, that's sorry. the team for me. It's Iowa. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've enjoyed watching Iowa play for. A lot of years, I Kirk Ferentz is a great coach, and um, they play kind of old school Big Ten football. So you know, it's a little bit more of a grind. But they are—they're like the Cardinals in baseball. They're in every game. It's—it's it's almost always close, and more often than not, they find a way to win. And now with Ohio State losing, you know, they're on the inside track for a shot at a playoff berth if they Did are they able play to keep Ohio going. State? That's a great question. Let me look at the schedule. That, I don't that know. That would be the test. But yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I that would be the test. Helmets. I know it doesn't matter. They but do I like have great helmets. helmets. A lot. They do have great helmets. Uh, this week we this week they have Kent State. <laughs> so yeah, they don't they don't play Ohio State. No, they, they do don't? not. No. So that's going to be no. tough. If they if they have the same record, then they're not going to get the nod over Ohio State. I don't think. Well, I'll say I, what, so what do you guys think Oregon's track is to make it to the final? I mean, I think they've got it's wide open right now. Because that would be awesome. What, do you know what they got ranked this week? They're fourth. They're fourth? That's yeah. awesome. See, I, Oregon should always win because it's look good, play good, and they have those <laughs> Nike unis, and they look awesome all the time. Yeah. So I hope they're, I hope they're in it because they're never in the final four. It's never, they never are. Well, so, I, have, I have bad news for you, Caleb. Their coach is not a very good game coach, and they are going to lose a game or two before the season's over strictly based on their coaching. Kelly, right? Uh, no, it's uh, Crystal Ball. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, Kelly's Kelly's Crystal at UCLA ball. now. Yeah, that's right. Kelly's at UCLA. Okay, well, yeah. yep. I still I'm still rooting for him. But uh, honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, he's Mike's right. Yeah, they'll probably they'll they'll screw up. It'll be Oregon State the last game of the year. They'll be undefeated. They're going to Corvallis and they'll lose to Oregon State. Wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> that's what Wouldn't I mean. doubt it. it it'll, um, it'll be something well, like I, that. I'm with you on Iowa. Also, their punter is a guy. Yes, he big, big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. He can he can kick it. Punters are impressive yep. to me. He I was, don't know how he was the it. star of that game. He was within the, he had him in the ten. Iowa State in the ten, like pinned in the entire game. That, that was a fun game to watch, and that crowd was incredible at Iowa State. Shout out to them. What I didn't like, I don't like Iowa State wearing the black uniforms. What are we doing? Let's wear. Let's go back to our maroons like we should. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we outthink ourselves with the unis. But speaking of black unis, I don't love them. But Cincinnati, you're talking about earlier, they have, they have their oh, unis are sweet. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, I yeah, love their yeah. I like to watch them. They're a fun team to I watch, to, so I'm going to be rooting for them. I tried to kick a football once, and I think I almost broke my toe when I was running for four days. <laughs> I haven't tried since, so I've always had an appreciation for punters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got to tell you this. Um, when I was about 20 years old, uh, they brought this thing over to Six Flags. It was uh, – it was uh, they, they ran this whole big – uh, sports thing there where you could come over and they had all these different 
station set up where you could like you could bring two of your buddies and you could turn double plays and they would time you on what your you know what your time was from glove to glove and they had I you know three pointers in basketball well they had a football set up there and you could kick a field goal and I have obviously never kicked a football in my life but I'm like yeah I'll give it a shot so they set you up for basically what you know a 20 yard field goal what used to be an extra point in the NFL and uh we dropped it down and I think my I think my my kick got about three feet off the ground <laughs> straight left. And I mean it was terrible. Probably the worst kick of it, of all time. My girlfriend at the time says, Oh, well let me give it a shot. Of course. She splits the uprights. Right down <laughs> central. Nailed it. So oh, uh that, that was that was it for me. That was the end of my kicking career and the end of my relationship. <laughs> That's fantastic. Your your kick sounds like one of Caleb's drives off the tee. <laughs> Probably very Straight similar. Left. Hey, Straight my... left and about three feet high. <laughs> they do go far. Uh, absolutely. They're lasers, but I can't absolutely. find them. So I, remember, I, I kicked the field goal once, and I kicked it fairly well. I also ran about 16 steps to get to the ball. <laughs> they would have blocked you. Un- unlike the three that you're allowed, I like got a good full sprint in. I just can't I can't use my feet. My, my hands are too good. My feet, yeah. don't, they don't work. I wasn't blessed with I'm just feet. amazed by the, the strength of those guys. I mean, I, I think it's – I love to watch it. I, I, any athlete, Heather I love to watch it. Fall off. Yeah, and obviously most of those guys are soccer probably former soccer players which you know yeah it's but that guy that guy uh from iowa he can flat troy tory taylor can flat bomb the ball it it was fun to watch that was a great game i I love those those big time games early on in the season that was that was awesome all right now i don't have any like death march music for your drive home from nashville buddy (laughs) oh my gosh what uh I, i got derrick henry on a fantasy team and no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go into fantasy. I'm just saying that was Kyler Murray put on a clinic. He did. And all the, all the talk of the Titans improved defense uh, out the window, same story as last year. Just, uh, yeah, it was a frustrating game. It was one of those games where, uh, you know, the Titans got the ball to start the game immediately. Um, felt, you know, three and out, fell behind, uh, turned the ball over fell further behind. They, so Derrick Henry pretty much out of the game plan at that point. Uh, it was 24 to six at halftime. Vrabel's kicking a field goal on fourth and one from the 28, right? You know, with a minute left in the half, not sure what we're thinking. Maybe field goals are going to get us back in the game when we're down 18. I don't know. It was just a disaster <laughs> from start to finish. And, uh, and I've got, I've yeah. got to believe like that stadium had to be rocking. It was. It was, it was yeah. one of the best crowds that I have seen there since I've had my season tickets there. It's It was a, a really good crowd. They were really into it. And I'll be darned if we end up having to boo people on opening oh. day. Wow. Well, hey, at yeah. least you get a break and you go out and play Russell Wilson, who sure. dismantled sure. the Indianapolis Colts on yeah. Sunday. So you got right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, not getting any easier, is it? I don't mean to gloat at your funeral here, Mike, but our Saints put a walloping on the Green Bay Packers. And your your pick was spot on, plus four. We could have had plus 34. No, plus – yeah, plus 34. I thought, I thought we the won Packers by 35. Were they were. We were we were plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, try to keep yeah. up here. Sorry. 
Yeah, that, that was uh, that was um, part of you know one of the perks of leaving the Titans game early was I got to see most of the first half of the Saints game while I was eating uh, an early dinner. So that was nice, <laughs> and uh, and the, and the Saints really did. I mean, that again, that was another one of those games. I mean, the Saints jumped up early, and it was never in doubt. Um, this. The Saints' defense was, I mean, utterly impressive. I, I knew they would be, but but to watch like to watch them put on a clinic, and obviously Peyton ran. He their game plan was perfect. It was run the ball with Kamara, short passes with Winston early, open it up later, which we saw. We saw typical Sean Payton. I'm up thirty-one to three. Fuck it, Winston, throw one sixty yards to De- Deontay Harris. <laughs> That was like statement. I'm making a statement in Jacksonville for all you Packers fans who flew down here. Here you go. Here's one last statement. So when was the last time you saw a quarterback have five touchdowns and throw for under 200 yards? I haven't seen that happen. I don't remember the last time I've seen that happen. Same. And of course, it's Jameis Winston that does it. Doesn't throw the interception, but he did. But it got called back, so we'll take it. Chris Hogan was supposed to be playing like professional lacrosse or something. We went and picked him up. Yeah. He scores a touchdown. Sean Payton, that, again, we, we go into Carolina this week. I think that's going to be. That's going to be an interesting game for the Saints, but I think the, the, well, the issue with New Orleans is they're just not deep, like on offense or or on defense. There's, there's no depth because they're such so far up against the cap. But I, I was really impressed. Now that, that was a good again, Mike. You said it. I think last week we know what happens when New after a hurricane with New Orleans. Yeah, Sean Payton knows how to handle this stuff, and um, they're they're resilient, and you know they picked the right home field for that game. Uh, Jacksonville turned out to be a great host. And yeah, I, I I do think this week's going to pose a different challenge. I mean, I think you have the natural letdown from a big game like that, um, and then you know a true road game. So in the Absolutely. division, so um, I obviously the Saints are favored and they should be, but you know that's a that's a definite trap spot after the emotional Week One win. Any surprises from Week One for you in the NFL that you thought? Did, I mean, outside, I didn't see Tennessee getting blasted. Um, I didn't really see Indianapolis getting blasted with Seattle travel, although I think Russell's 11-0 and leaving the West Coast and coming across into the Eastern time zone or something crazy like that. Um, I didn't see the Saints winning 38-3. to I did not oh, see yeah, that. Uh, anything else that, like, a team that you went, wow, okay, hey, that, this, this could be a team to reckon with. Well, there was a couple, uh, a couple of different teams really that um, I was surprised by, um, and the first was um, Pittsburgh. Uh, they really handled Buffalo. I knew that would be a decent game, but that was a little bit of a surprise. And uh, the Eagles, uh, the Eagles were surprising to me. Um, I think Jalen Hurts answered any questions about him being a legit number one quarterback, and uh, I mean, they just laid the wood to Atlanta and. Not that Atlanta's anything great, but you know, they, there were people projecting the Eagles to be, you know, last place in that division and and you know win three or four games for the whole year, and they really just dominated from start to finish. So that was a little bit of a surprise for me. Yeah, I I was shocked by by the Rams just pounding the Bears. I love that. I, I was. Benny Dalton's his own quarterback. I know. I get it. I, I was shocked he by that. can't start again. I, the Raiders do what the Raiders do. They won games they shouldn't win. That that happens. But I'm, I'm on board with my Pittsburgh's defense looks legit. Like, they didn't even move the ball. Ben wasn't great. Najee Harris was in on every single play. Played every snap. Like, he had, like, 49 yards or 50 yards, something like that. But their defense was incredible. 
Yeah, their defense was lights out. Like you said, uh, Roethlisberger had a very subpar game, really, all things yeah. considered. Uh, his his statistics were not good. His average um, average yard per pass was like 5.6. I mean, it was an ugly game for from an offensive standpoint, but the defense dominated. They blocked the punt that they took in for a touchdown. Uh, they were ahead of the chains the whole game, um, you know, won the field position battle. And, uh, you know, they really kind of exposed Buffalo a little bit, which I, di- I didn't expect. Yeah, I heard Mike Lombardi on some show, I don't know if it was on ESPN or what it was on, but he was talking about the Washington, the Chargers, the Chargers-Washington football team game. And he's like, everybody's talking about how great Washington's defense is. He said they were like 60% on – the Chargers were like 60 to 70% on third down. It's like you can't be a great defense if you can't stop the char- – like if you can't stop the team at home. And I thought that was a really good point. Like, those are things that I don't look at. I don't look at – like, I just look at 20 to 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you think, oh, they played pretty well. They lost. But those are those stats that those guys, that's why they get paid what they get paid to do. Um, and I thought that was a pretty interesting – I thought I thought the Dallas-Tampa Bay game Thursday night was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, Dak looked great. Zeke was missing in action, but that was the game plan. I think the game plan was, hey, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, we're throwing the ball to you, and – Let's see if we can score Especially last. Especially with Tampa and, Bay is a really good front four. So yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the surprise team for me was definitely Arizona. And they're in the – we talked about this. They're in the hardest division in all of football. So, if they can pull off some wins like that, like Titans are a really good four team. 4-0, oh, by the way, the uh, NFC West. Yeah, not surprised. The Titans are a really good team. So, if you can go in and do that to them, I mean, they're going to have to win against really good teams to make, a, make the playoffs or win the division if that's what they want to do. And, I mean, their defense was really good and their offense was also really good. So, for, for me, shout out to Joey Burrow, yeah. getting the win against the Vikings. Extra innings, extra innings, uh, yes, overtime. Yeah, in the bottom overtime. of the twelfth, yeah. Yep. Fearson kicked the field goal. They won. So yeah, yeah. Um, like yeah, it does. That was cool to see. I was glad to see. I, as someone who does not like the Vikings, I was very happy about that. Um, who does? Who other? Than I think Minnesota people in Minnesota. Like the, the Chiefs Browns game was fun, and the Chiefs, as they always do, were like, "Okay, hold my beer. We're going to go out and win this game." Yeah. Because right. so, you know, and it's, just it's, like we all expected, Houston's all alone in first place in the AFC South. <laughs> and Tyrod Taylor's like quarterback <laughs> rating was ridiculous. Just and Mark Ingram had like two touchdowns, like eighty yards. Tyrod Taylor's gonna be great until he gets a punctured lung from a needle. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't right. happen. Hey, not, let's hope that doesn't this happen. Again, it's nice to have the NFL back. It's nice to have the NCAA back. Do you want to go ahead and get to what we have to get the the elephant in the room? Yeah, I, I guess I'm ready when you are. First first of all, I legitimately checked my phone twice on Saturday on purpose. You know, because when I put the bets in and I locked, I, I, I hate to watch them because of, again, the wave of emotions. You know, right. so let, let, it, let it lock. And then I'm watching the first game of the day, Ohio State, Oregon. And at halftime, they flipped to the Tennessee game, and it's like 28-21 <laughs> Yeah, it was a track meet, exactly what we didn't expect. So, yeah, oh, hey, that's gambling, dude. That's why this, it that's is. Why this is so much fun. Like, I love it that, because here's why: I don't bet a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars right. on every game. You right. know what I mean? No, nor do I. Right. And so, uh, I, I, I don't do it. It's so much yeah. fun. And then, then, then we had. I'm like, I'm paying attention to New Mexico, New Mexico State. We were at uh, the ranch watching the game late that night, and I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden, Washington looked like they had a shot in the beginning of the second half. And then Michigan gets the big touchdown. And the next thing you know, Mississippi, it was, it was like everything that could have gone wrong for your picks went wrong. And I, I don't put that on you, buddy. Yeah. So uh, sometimes 
you know, when you bet on these games, it's better when you just lose in spectacular fashion. And that way you don't get your hopes up. Like, you know, the Tennessee game, that was obviously going to be an over at, by <laughs> halftime. So you don't even have to keep watching. You just move on and, you know, yep. mow, the, mow the lawn, get some chores done, whatever you got to do, and just get out of the way. But, yeah, some tough breaks, really, though. I mean, you know, the New Mexico, New Mexico State game, it was at 27, and we had under 27 and a half. Yep. Uh, they scored to make it 27 with about five minutes left in the half. So we just needed a couple of possessions, of, and then it went touchdown, touchdown, back-to-back, you know, in the last <laughs> five minutes, of course. And uh, and then the last game of the night, the, the Mississippi State game, they take the opening kickoff to the house. I saw That's, it. So 13 seconds into the game, we've already got a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. it's a it's a dead under the rest of the way. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the thing. You tote look, to quote paraphrase, dumb and dumber, just when I think, right? You go and totally <laughs> redeem yourself on Sunday. You honestly should have hit four or five. And you were close to hitting all five because the Carolina one, great call. New Orleans, great call. Lamar, incredible call. Uh, and honestly, if Mostert doesn't get hurt in the first five minutes or whatever it was, yeah, he's yeah, going to probably go for eighty yards easily. Yeah, that was that was the my that was my biggest letdown of the day because we we had him at sixty eight and a half over, and that morning uh, on my way to the Titans game, I hear them go over the inactives, and Trey Sermon is inactive for that game, so he's uh-huh. he's made the main competition for touches for Mostert, and I, like he's inactive. And I, I swear to you, I immediately went to DraftKings to see if I could load up some more on Mostert, but <laughs> but they took it off the board uh, based on that news, I guess. So I could. Oh. So thankfully, um, and it's probably no coincidence that you know Dan Campbell's first game as Lions coach, and Mostert ends up without a kneecap. <laughs> that, hey, that's really valid. That's a really valid. Point. And also, shout out to Detroit for not lying down and just taking it. Like, they yeah. fought back. They did. And, they made a game of it. It also was lined up for Mostert to get 150 yards uh, he, had he, he been in the he, game. I mean, he had two carries for 20 yards on yep. the first drive, 10 yep. yards a carry. So, that was that was definitely going to go over. And, obviously, we had the we had the Chiefs also minus six. So, um, they had the ball with a chance to score again um, late. And then they had to punt. So, that was the end of that. But. In any event, uh, one and four in college, three and two in NFL. It could have been worse. Um, Not a bad weekend. Not it could have been worse. Broke even because of some of the lines, you know, some of the pluses and some of everything. As far as everything, it wasn't bad. I, I was happy. I was laughing on Saturday. I'm not going to lie. And then <laughs> when your brother set, put put his post on Facebook, I was dying laughing. Like that was so funny. But yeah, that it was. was good. I, I was having a blast with it because I'm. This is awesome for me. I love it. Here, here, I'm. I'm not going to quote Star Wars like Caleb did with the absolutes here, but this is my absolute on betting. I'm not betting on or against the Chiefs the rest of the year. No, you shouldn't ever, ever. No, I'm just saying here's why. The, the minus five and a half, they, they won by four, but it feels like they never blow anybody out because yeah. they just kind of like go through the first half and then they turn it on. I, I'm just not doing it. I, I'm not doing it, I don't think. Okay, let me, let me give you one exception to that rule. So okay. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on board with you, but – I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but as a head coach, Andy Reid is something like 
16 and 0 against the spread coming off his bye week. Oh. So so after the Chiefs bye week, you got to play the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, other than that, that other than that, I'm, I'm that one tucked in the Rolodex there. Absolutely. Okay. Outside yep. of that, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what will happen. It'll be sixteen and one. Well, no, I'm not going to do that juju on any player. Like, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, um, it just seems like they they win. They just never cover. And you know I, what I mean? Right. And, because yep. it's because it's almost like they sleep. It's like they're like the White Sox in MLB. They're just sleepwalking their way. Through. It feels like it. Because they boy, have they're no so good. That game and, and Cleveland looked legit. Like Cleveland Baker threw a last uh, a late interception, which was just and what, Odell out again week two. That's really weird. Odell's never going to be good again. Yeah, I think you might be right. And it's and that's sad. Just, it is sad. So ever since he tried to marry uh, Drake, a net kicker. What was the Did thing he called? try to marry Drake? No, he tried to marry oh. one of those nets. You know the things. Yeah, the kicking net. He oh, to, he fake married that ever yes. since he's been trashed. So. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know what his problem is. But yeah. He's it's a diva too, and he, it's sad. he has some weird rumors out there. Too. Yeah, but I'm still a people fan, like yes. pooping on him. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Thanks for throwing that out. <laughs> I mean, you have to get into it. Since that happened, his career kind of died. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes. What that make it weird? I mean, it's <laughs> no. true. It's out there. It is out there. It is out there. It is out there. All right. All right. You ready for this week, dude? Because I feel total redemption coming on. I feel redemption coming on too, Mike. So I am ready. Um, and you, you even uh, told me via text, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's right. Like I said, I mean, I even tried to say last week, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. And that's part of the that, that's part of the fun of it is, you know, um, throwing your remote and saying you hate football after, you know, you get snapped <laughs> off, you know, at the end after of the Tennessee game. 28, 21 in the first three. Like, the yeah. first <laughs> that was just hey, it was funny, too, you know. So, so some of my analysis of that game was still good. I, Joe Milton missed probably five wide open receivers just <laughs> running down the field all by themselves, and they kept they kept doing it. They kept throwing it, and he kept throwing it ten yards over their head. It was unbelievable. But <laughs> I but I will say they uh, Tennessee runs fast pace under Hypo. They're 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 snapping the ball with. 23 24 seconds on the play clock yep. every every snap so they're they're getting a lot of plays in and so just bad handicapping on my part on that game hey we're all to quote high school musical <laughs> we're all in this together that's right you can't always come to, there's not a lot of podcasts you can come to where you're gonna get caleb dropping star wars lines talking about True. obj pooping on each other and then we're gonna bring out a high school musical that is uh that's a wide range yeah right <laughs> We're all about variability. It explains to 240,000 listeners. <laughs> Why do you always say that? I just keep upping it every week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I do have a question for you, Mike, before we get in this, just because I'm intrigued. When you guys go to Nashville, do you go down Saturday and spend the entire weekend, or do you just drive down for the game? How do you guys handle that? So most of the time, it's a, it's a one-day trip. Gotcha. Get up, leave at about – 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, get to the stadium around 11, and then uh, end up usually getting home around 10 or 10.30. Stop stop somewhere and watch uh, the afternoon games, you know, for an hour, hour and a half, and eat lunch on the way home. But um, we've done the go down for the weekend, but, you know, I, I'm not a drinker. Right. Um, so I love Nashville, but – um, I, 
I usually have so much going on that it's hard for me to get away for a whole Saturday um, and, and get down there for that. So most of the time it's just a one day deal. Yeah, I get in. Also, to be honest, Nashville's freaking expensive. It is. <laughs> it's really sure is. We haven't been in a while, but I do oh, like Nashville. Yeah. But it is it is not cheap. Yeah. I just wondered how you guys handled that. I think that's awesome. That's a, that's a good call. That's a long day. It is a long day, and I almost always do all the driving, so it's a it's a really long, a long day for day, me. But especially after Kyler Steve, Murray, Steve yes. just rides shotgun all the way. He does. He does. He just you know he sits there and nods his head, you know, <laughs> like Steve does. <laughs> a man you of very few words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, let's get it. Let's hey, let's make us some money. All right. Caleb still doesn't have a starter in his My car's not even in our driveway. No, because we can't afford to get it over. I'm just kidding. We can't. We can't. Someone is just way too lazy sitting across from me to make this happen. But, but uh, yeah, let's do this. I Like I said, total redemption week. That's what we're calling it. Redemption week. Titans may be included in there. And here we go. That's the theme of the weekend. All right. Sounds good. We're going we're gonna to start in college. Uh, we'll start with uh, one of the early games on Saturday. I'm going to go with Michigan State plus six and a half um, at Miami. So as much a bet against Miami as it is for Michigan State, um, although, you know, Sparty has been pretty impressive in their first two games. Um, they, they've put up some points. Uh, they, they walked Northwestern out the door in week one. Game, the second game was obviously um, a D2 school, which you have issue with, but um, – They've scored 38 and 42 points the first two weeks, and Miami, to me, has been less than impressive. They just squeaked by Appy State last week, and you know we all know what happened to them in week one. So Yeah, they could I'm have given gonna, up 70 to Alabama in week one. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just going to – I'm going to roll with Sparty, and even if they aren't able to get the win, I think they should keep it close and, and keep us within the six-and-a-half number. I love it. All right, I do have one question before you go to pick number two. Okay. Just looking, App State's, I know, divisional, like they're in the big one now. But then Miami plays Central Connecticut State. Remember, we talked yeah. about Central Connecticut State on the – somehow we talked about them on the show. <laughs> I don't know when I that was. Hey, no one circles the wagons. That's what Mike said. We're circling the wagons. We're back. That's there. right. But that's who they play next week. What my, I thought Miami was going to be much better than this. And also, how in the hell are they still ranked? That's a mystery to me as well. I mean – I. You know, wild. I, I don't know. Losing to Alabama by whatever that was 31 by 31 and then squeaking by Appy State by two and you're still ranked. I, the, the whole ranking system is a joke, really, to Agreed. be honest with you. I mean, Especially you know, the first few weeks. Yeah. And, and it's and it's a real detriment to the smaller schools because you you have the power schools that are ranked like Miami, um, you know, in the you know, up in the top 10 and it takes forever for them to get booted out. You know, it, they lose one and they drop a couple spots and then they lose two and they're still hanging around down at the bottom of the top 25. So yeah. If you, yeah. Yeah. If you look at the top 25, you've got three non power five schools that are in there. And that's, I mean, that I'm not including Notre Dame because I know they're not in a conference, but I consider them the power five plus Notre Dame. And that's just Cincinnati, coastal Carolina, and BYU. That's it. Isn't that wild? Yep. It is. It is. And it's really hard to break in because, you know, the power schools beat each other up and, you know, then it's a, a quality loss. So they don't drop very far. Yep. 
It's a it's a vicious cycle, and that's why I the playoff so. needs to be expanded, like we talked about earlier. Yep. yep. All right. I love that. I love I love Sparty, and also the thing with Sparty, they they're used to playing at eleven a.m. games. Like that's yep. nothing new for them. Nope, it's not at all. And I just don't think uh, I, I just don't think I'm sold on Miami right now. And I can see things kind of going south for them this year. And I love it. <laughs> I, I, why? Why you hit Miami? I have never been a my the only team I've ever really rooted for until Central Florida and Milton came along. Like the only team I've ever rooted for in is the Gators, and I'm not even really a Gators fan. I just kind of always liked Florida. them. I've never liked Florida State, and I've never liked Miami. And Miami, in my like youth, my high school and college years, were dominant. I mean, that's a team kids today would absolutely love. I hate like, their colors. Everybody would be wearing Miami it's stuff like, today. It's orange and, aren't they orange and green? Orange and green. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what it's it like is. It's those gummy ones. Yeah. That's what they were <laughs> Again, here we go. Sorry, here we go. All right. All right. Sorry, Mike. That's all right. That's <laughs> All right, so second up on the docket, uh, we're going to go to the noon game. Um, I'm going to go with Colorado minus two and a half against Minnesota. Um, Colorado was uh, very impressive, and they lost by three to Texas A&M last week. Um, Their defense really shut down Texas A&M. A late touchdown uh, by the backup quarterback got the win for Texas A&M. And I just think home field advantage – Minnesota lost by 14 to Ohio State in week one and just squeaked by Miami of Ohio in week two. So um, I think maybe they, you know, got the best that they could get out of them in week one. So going to go with Colorado and lay the small number. Let's go Buffs. Yeah. And then uh, then we got a pretty good game um, later in the day, and that's uh, where we're going to go next. And I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait to watch it. 6.30 start Central Time. It's Auburn at Penn State. And I am going to take the SEC. And I'm going to take Auburn plus six at Penn State. I think Penn State's just a scotch overrated. Um, well, can we back up there? Yeah. Can, what was that word? A little overrated. No. A scotch. A scotch. A scotch that, overrated, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I've heard that in a I, long time. I don't think I've ever that's, heard it. I love this is why he's on our show. <laughs> I mean, no, this is how good he is at this. Kind of sounds made up to me. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I'm sorry. It, I think no, it's fantastic. Only someone who still uses Hotmail can bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, Caleb is very hard to impress. <laughs> he re- he really is. And he so, lives in the house with me. It's not it's easy. A t- it's a tough crowd. I get yes. it. Um, so we're we're gonna roll with Auburn, and then um, I've got and then I've got two uh, totals. So right. we're gonna so Stanford and Vanderbilt. Um, I don't feel like either one of these teams has much of an offense, um, and the over under in that game is forty nine and a half. So we're gonna roll under, and hope that these two teams stay as boring as they have been for the last several years. Does Stanford have a white in the backfield again? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny that. It seems like they had a pretty good run there. Who was the kid? Who was their stud before McCaffrey? No, the back. I'm talking about the running back. back Who was? You know what I'm talking about. He's drafting the first round stud at Stanford. Big kid. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Right. Mascot. 
The Cardinal. So why is there yes. like a like a tree on their house? Great like a tree. Because yeah, now tree. I thought I was gonna say that and you'd be like, it's not a tree, you idiot, but it's a tree, right? It is a it's tree. A tree. It is it is a tree. In the redwood they, forest. They should just be the Stafford Christmas trees then. It's stupid. <laughs> Toby Gerhardt, right? Isn't that his name? That's it. Yep. There we go. I forgot all about him. Yeah. He was a high draft <sighs> stud in college. He no was a stud in college. But also probably incredibly right. smart. So is that getting at Vandy or it is, it's at Vandy. Okay. Oh, Vandy um, Stanford? That's like the game yeah. of the brainiacs. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. 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 It's, the game be, the uh, teams. It has to be the under in that game. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I think that might be the lock of the week right there, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was definitely no, not no. It's redemption <laughs> week. I have totally. That's right. All right, That's what right. else we got? We're getting after it, and then uh, here we go. We're going to chase our money with the late Hawaii game, yes. and we're going to go over 61, Hawaii and San Jose State. Okay. Um, Hawaii's playing fast again. Uh, they're going back to their run and shoot roots. And they don't play a lot of defense. And San Jose State has a very good quarterback, and they have yet to get their offense on track. They lost bad to USC, and they they blew out Southern Utah, but that doesn't really count for anything. So I'm just saying this is going to be an offensive game. I, I would um, look for this to be similar to my uh, experience with uh, – Tennessee under last week where we're looking at halftime where we're looking pretty good. All right. I love that. And that gives us, I love that that's the late game. That gives us something. You've got us all the way through the day there, dude. Yep. Yep. Oh, you have something to root for all day. You have a little break there for lunch after the, after the noon game, you know, a little three o'clock to six o'clock, uh, get a, get a chance to, you know, get back in touch with your family for a couple hours and then right back to the tube. Yeah. We're going up to see our daughter for family weekend Friday. That's why we're recording tonight. Um, we're okay, going to see awesome. Chris Stapleton tomorrow night. I didn't even know that. And then going to see Hannah on Friday and Caleb as the Padres. So I'm going to be home alone? <laughs> well, you're going to be at Bush making, becoming buddies with Tatis and Machado, no, so they'll come on the show the enemy, next no. week. They're the enemy for this weekend. Let's no. go ahead and book them. The but, yeah, so then that's great because I can watch my phone on the early games, get to wherever Amy and I go for the those late afternoon games, and then really settle in for those night games. Well done. Yep, that's the way to do it. Well done. Well done. I love that. I love, and I love Hawaii. I love their, co- I, I love those that people get to travel to Hawaii to play a football right, game. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That That's would be awesome. awesome. Love it. Right. Right. Except the Hawaii coaches. That would suck. Like you have to leave. No, always... They don't love it. Right. They have to deal with their players. Yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Hawaii might score the own 61 on their own. <laughs> All right. All right. So the NFL this weekend, we got some really good matchups. I'm pretty excited, but I was going through doing some DFS stuff earlier today. And uh, there's some pretty good matchups in the NFL this week, week two. Yeah, a lot of really good matchups, and um, I think um, one of the one of the big matchups is is going to be my first pick of the day. Uh, that's going to be the Raiders and Steelers going at it in Pittsburgh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers minus five and a half, and I'm going with a little bit of a natural letdown for Vegas coming off the emotional Monday night overtime win, uh, then having to go on the road across the country into Pittsburgh. So even though the Steelers offense was not impressive, I think, um, I think they'll give the Raiders offense fits. And I think it'll be a similar game plan to what they had against Buffalo. I think they'll win the field position game and should be good to go to win this game by at least a touchdown. I, I love that pick actually. Like I, I was looking through thumbing through some picks earlier and that one actually stuck. I, like sometimes I, 
don't go too deep into this as I should. But I love that. Also, we don't have Matt on this week because he's pretty busy with everything going on for fantasy. But I think this is the week Najee Harris busts out. I think this is his coming out party. Yep, I can see that. I mean, he's certainly going to get the opportunities. Yeah. You know, he's he is the true bell cow. And, yeah, I, and I, I don't think – the Raiders defense is all that great. They're also going to – the Raiders defense is going to be without Gerald McCoy. He's out for the year now, so um, losing that defensive tackle there should help open up the running game a little bit for the Steelers. All right, love it. All right, so uh, the next pick against the spread, I'm going to take uh, – this is another – this is one of those games where you're going to look at it and say, well, based on last week, I can't see it. But um, I, be- I believe in regression to the mean, and especially in the NFL, it's a, it's a parody league. So the team that looks terrible one week usually bounces back the next and vice versa. So I am going to take the Vikings plus four at Arizona. So, Ooh. I, I, yep, I know that's uh, everybody. You think will... Arizona's going to lose to the Vikings? No, no. Oh, just thinking about cover. Got to cover. Yeah, but. Just got to cover. It's got to keep it close. And, and so here, here's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing. So um, the Cardinals looked fantastic. I got to see it in person. Um, Kyler Murray was amazing. Um, he he made some throws in that game that were just elite level throws. Uh, dropping it in the bucket from 35 yards out, um, letting Hopkins climb the ladder in the back of the end zone. Um, he pretty much was able to do anything he wants. Now, um, and the Vikings conversely did not look good in week one and, and uh, suffered the overtime loss to the Bengals. But I think this is the kind of game where if you set this point spread before week one started and you said, here's your week two point spread, this game probably would have been a pick em or maybe the Cardinals minus one. And now based on one week of action, you're looking at minus four. So I think it's, I just think it's a little bit of an overreaction I think the the Vikings can keep it close, and even even if it's a little bit out of hand, uh, this is one of those games where you could get the backdoor cover at the end of the game. All right, and you know, and last week also with the Vikings, it was the Adam Thielen show. You didn't, I mean, Jefferson and and was pretty quiet. So, you know, I, I got to think we're going to see maybe see a bust out there. Dalvin Cook, I, a lot of people were really high on him for the DFS plays this week. So I, I like that. I, hey, I'm on board with that pick too. I like that to where that's one of those sneaky picks that maybe a lot of people aren't going to be on. And a lot of people might drive that number. That number could go up by the end of the week because of everybody betting Arizona. It could. It very well could. And, um, I, you know, I would also say, just as a general rule, if you if the Lions come out on Monday or, or Sunday night for the next week and you like one of the favorites, that's the time to bet the favorite. Um, generally the public loves favorites and as the week goes on and the money comes in on the parlays and the, the money lines and the teasers, it's always the favorite that's getting pounded. And a lot of times the line will continue to rise as the week goes on. So it's important uh, to try to get the best line that you can. And so if you like the favorite, it's better to bet them early. And if you, if you think the underdog is going to cover, a lot of times you can wait and get a better line. That's fantastic to know. That's awesome. That See, that's why people tune in, to listen to you. Yeah, well, so I'm going to give you an example of that, Mike. Um, in week one, or I guess it was week zero, or was it week one of college football, when Ohio State um, 
was it Minnesota and Ohio State? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, okay. So Minnesota and Ohio State. So when that line came out, it was Ohio State minus 13 and a half. And it stuck there for quite a while. And then as the week went on and it got closer to game time, people started pumping Ohio State a little bit. And it, and it went from 13 and a half to 14 and then up to 14 and a half. So here's the thing. You start at 13 and a half. If you take Ohio State at 13 and a half, um, you've locked in the best number. And then by kickoff, you could get Minnesota plus 14 and a half. <laughs> that game landed on 14. Yep. So if you if you picked the right side, the right time to bet that game, you couldn't lose. If you that's, picked that's Ohio awesome. State, if you picked Ohio State early, you're a winner. If you picked Minnesota late, you're a winner. That, again, this is why the 275,000 people tune in <laughs> to listen to what we have to bring on football weekends and, and with this betting. Redemption Caleb, weekend. we just gained 35,000 more view, uh, listeners. I mean, with it's that amazing. kind of knowledge, how could we not? I love it. Me too. All right, so you ready for another stinker? Absolutely. All right, let's go Monday night. We're going to take the kneecaps and the Detroit Lions plus 11.5 against Green Bay. All right. All right. So I don't know – if the drama in Green Bay is is real or not. You know, Rodgers didn't want to play this year, and now he's playing. Um, I don't know if you saw the memes this week, but there were some fantastic memes uh, with the picture of Aaron Rodgers' uh, post-game press conference with his hair slicked back, and <laughs> it was uh, lots of good stuff there. But So I don't know if – I don't know if it's real or not, if the drama is real, but just in case it is, um, they looked bad against the Saints. Now, the Saints looked great, but the, the Packers looked bad. And um, the Lions showed that they are going to fight and, and they're, gonna, they're not going to quit. So I think it's reasonable to say that Detroit can stay within 11 and a half in this game, even if, even if the drama is not real and the Packers come to play. I, Eleven and a half is a lot of points in an NFL game. Agreed. And so I'm I'm gonna ride with that on Monday night. And again, if it ends up thirty-eight to nothing Green Bay, then well, that's on me. No, exactly. And, and you know, I did see all the memes, and I also was lucky enough to see uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on McAfee. You know, they have him on there every Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, and 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 McAfee, to his credit, asked him, "Look, a lot of people are gonna be pissed off that you're on here." You know, they're going to say you don't care. They're going to say – and he, he really – he did a really nice job because obviously those guys are pretty good friends. And and Rodgers was really, really honest in the fact that, hey, um, I don't think we had a very high energy level. Um, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's always going to say the right things. You right. Know? I mean, he does. And, you know, he said, hey, it happens. In football, we have to forget about it. We have to move on. And, and again, those are all the right things. But there's no doubt without Bakhtiari, I didn't hear Randall Cobb's name once in that game. I don't think I heard Robert Tanyan's name, but maybe once in that game. Um, that was hard. Right. I, it was a weird – that was weird. I, I'm a, I, it's not that I think that he doesn't care. I, I don't believe – it's Aaron Rodgers. I think he, he wants to win every freaking game. I sure. don't think Green Bay's that good. I yeah, and, and, and I, there is some friction there, though. I mean, there really oh, is. I, if you watch the post-game presser in there – uh, Matt LaFleur came out and said, you know, we were terrible today. This was an unacceptable effort. And it, it, it's, 
starts here and goes down. And they asked Aaron Rodgers about it, and he was like, well, I don't agree with that. Uh, oh, so they don't you like can... each other. That's already been. And, I don't know. Ever since that field goal. Ever since that field Okay, yeah. stop. I'm not going to say it in public. Ever since that field goal kick last postseason. Right. They, they don't like each other, and Matt LaFleur is not a good coach. Right. At all. He's not good. Well, we I don't know. Really. He's young. He's young. Okay, we know he has. But what been. we do know is I, I think Aaron wants the ball in his hands and all he the should. time. He's one I of the best ever. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And, and I also think his press conference, once he signed, said it all. Like, essentially, he laid it out. Hey, you guys never – like, they, they – why – again, and, and I'm stealing this from another show and listening to other people because I'm not a Green Bay, like, follower. I'm not an expert. But it does make sense that if you have an Aaron Rodgers type in your organization, I think I'd be asking him everything. Do you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, you know they did that with Peyton Manning, right? Yeah, right. Like, look at how well Drew, um, Drew Brees and the Saints got along to the point to where he was willing to restructure contracts to get more players. Like, it's – I mean, and that's exactly like what Rogers, Aaron wanted. And, Aaron, and Aaron's one of the most talented quarterbacks ever, if not the most talented. Agreed. So why would you not keep that guy around? And you just want an MVP, and you're disrespecting him with – I think, my friend, I think there, I think there's – and, and Aaron, you're right. Aaron's not going to come out and say, no. I've – Fucking hate it here. He's not going to say that. I mean, well, he, no. well, he had, but not He's in not those words. Say he hates Matt Lafleur. No, and but I do definitely think, you know, when when they got rid of Jordy Nelson and they got rid of some of those guys who he did not want to see leave, that has to rub me the wrong way. I mean, and they don't draft him weapons. If, if I'm an owner, and I was at that, you know, Green Bay doesn't have owners. Like you have a lot of owners, but that cheeseheads. You know that yeah, it's wild to me. So Mike, I I think I like that pick, um, simply because I don't I don't know Green Bay's defense looked awful. It's bad. And they were on the field a lot in a hot day in Jacksonville. Yeah, they were on the field a lot because they couldn't stop anyone. But, well, they all, their offense couldn't move the ball either. There were a lot of factors that that. But I liked it. And on Monday night, you can't tell me the Motor City Dan Campbell's not going to be fired up to play. When was the last time Detroit was on Monday night? Right. I'm sure it's been a while. They get the, the token Thanksgiving game because it's a tradition, and that's about it for their – Yes. Uh, I, love it. I love yeah. it. Do you have anything else for us? Yep. I got a couple uh, player props that I'm going to run up here. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Chicago Bears game and I am gonna take David Montgomery over 64 and a half rushing yards in, in their game. So so last week it was pretty obvious that Montgomery is gonna be a huge part of their game plan, especially with Andy Dalton starting at quarterback. Uh, they're they're gonna lean on the run when they can, and they obviously fell behind the Rams by a lot and that was going to make it a very difficult time to run the ball, but they still uh, found a way to run the ball in that game against the tough Rams defense. And Montgomery ended up with 108 yards rushing. So I think game plan wise, um, their game against the Bengals, I think they're favored in the game. They should be competitive in the game and there's a decent chance they'll be ahead in the game. So I think David Montgomery should have a very good shot at getting 20-plus carries, and I think 64.5 yards is very reasonable. Absolutely. You're lasered in this week, dude. You are laser-focused. Well, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I got I to gotta bounce back from last week, you know? Redemption week. That's right. That's right. I can't let, I can't let our 300,000 listeners down. <laughs> there so, we go. There we yep, go. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I think if we get half a mil, we might get a contract. I'm, I'm all on board with that. And if, so, if, 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 right, right, right. If we can do that, I think maybe I can get you some press credentials and you can just be on the sidelines for your Titans games. 
I would love to. I would love that. There you go. We'll see what yeah. we can do. All right. If our 310,000 come through. We can't do anything. <laughs> we, may have scale, we may have to scale it back a little bit. Uh, or no, 32. <laughs> Let's start there. Thousand? Hey, No, just 32. Hey, here's the deal. Nobody that's had a ton of success got there by aiming low. That, that's right. I, I've always heard shoot for the moon and that's fall right. in the stars. Is that is that right? That sounds good to me. I mean, the stars are farther away than the moon. I think not. I think the I know the for phrase, a fact. Well, I think are. the phrase is we shoot for the moon and land. And if you don't make it, you land. I if there are stars closer that. to us, we would die. We're gonna. We're, I don't think that that's true. It is true. My, right, not to, not to, I'm not gonna uh, not to interrupt your uh, astronomy lesson, but I have another football pick here to make. All right, I apologize. I do apologize. <laughs> Let's get to that. But I do want to clarify the quote is shoot for the moon, land among the stars. Okay, it's dumb. Okay. Well, I think it was per- perfect. There. All right, Mike. Let's. I'm sorry. Let's. I know you have a life to live, and we're really ruining that right now. No, we're good. We're good. I got nothing else to do, man. All right. Let's. So, go. What's our other? What's our other prop bet? So we're gonna we're gonna go to the underachieving Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So in Week One, uh, the Falcons were demolished. And they looked awful. Uh, Matt Ryan only threw for 164 yards. Uh, it looked pretty bleak. And they didn't really get their weapons involved very well. So I'm expecting at least a bounce back um, from the offense in this game against Tampa Bay. Um, heralded rookie Kyle Pitts. I'm going over 39 and a half receiving yards in that game. Um, he was picked number four overall for a reason. Um, he's a dynamic weapon and last week, um, Tampa Bay allowed 45 receiving yards from Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. Ever heard of him? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, only because of DFS outside of that. No. Right. So, uh, just based on that alone, I, if Dalton Schultz can get 45 yards against the Tampa defense, I'm going to take the number four overall pick to get over 39 and a half this week. All right. I love it. Uh, once again, your guy, Dalton Schultz, the pride of Stanford University, which does nothing more but boost your pick of the under. <laughs> there we go. So that makes, I, I it makes I perfect sense. It. Kyle Pitts is just a stud. Yeah. Yeah. And I he also is. have to think, like, you know, I, I also still, I'm still going to say it. I love Kyle Pitts, but I still think Atlanta's got to be thinking, why didn't we take Justin Fields? No question. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, you know, that's all I'm going to say. But whatever. Well, this I Kyle Pitts is great. Right? Why aren't we playing Justin Fields? I, I hope Kyle Pitts is great. I love I absolutely love these picks. My I I love them. Well, let's hope we can up. let's hope we can at least go six and four this week and have a winning week. Redemption week I'm is calling, in full effect. I'm calling a seven and three. I like it. I like it. Hey, if Caleb is willing to give credit to a seven and three, this is gonna be a good week. I think it's gonna be awesome. Just know if you go below that I won't be impressed. Understood. I, so it's, you're I assume tough, you're, since you're not going to Seattle this weekend, I assume, right? You're not going to Seattle. Uh, that is correct. You I would assume, assume you're going to be holed up in the uh, the Caesar's Palace of basements. Yes, I'll be in the Godar Man Cave with the five TVs uh, fired up, ready to go. A few little Caesars. Man, I've upgraded to Papa John's. Oh, um, okay. I've, 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 not far from you, dude. <laughs> yes, I, I. But you know what? I'm not a huge Romans guy. Oh, that's disappointing. All right. It's, 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 that was, that was not anymore. He didn't it's, own it. Shaq owns it, I think. That, that, was, pretty, that was a pretty disappointing statement. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just 
for me, um, if I'm going to go thin crust, I'll take emos all day long. I'm now worried about the picks. <laughs> now, I'm now picking I'm now, green stuff. I'm now, I've, I've, I, may, I might just do the opposite. We might, this might be opposite. Fade at your own risk. I get it. Enjoy the, that, that basement setup is what every dude dreams of. That's awesome. Shout out to your wife for allowing that. Like, not, my wife would too. We just have been never been able no, to do would. that. Yes, she would. She's in the yeah, other but, I know, but she was. Uh, okay, but let me let me say this. Not only shout out to my wife for allowing it, but if you would believe it, this was her idea. Oh, that's fantastic. Was this too? Yeah. Was this essentially for her not to see you on Sundays? Pretty much. It was okay, giving okay. her a reason to be able to watch TV upstairs all by herself. But honestly, though, we were at my dad's house. Uh, my dad's got um, the man's garage of all. Uh-huh. The, I mean, it's the garage Mahal. So – He's got three – he has three TVs up on the wall in his garage. And when Robin saw that, she said, wow, we should do something like that in the basement, except we need five TVs down there. That's so all amazing. I had to do was go pick out the TVs. If you wake up in the morning <laughs> and you come downstairs to turn the TVs on and I'm already down there, don't get It's nervous. all good. It's all good. You're more than don't, welcome. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. <laughs> Uh, get nervous when Caleb is also there, though. <laughs> so, so do you, I assume you have the DirecTV package then? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. That's my ADD, yep. though. I don't know that I can handle five people. I can't handle one. Right. One gets a little bit tough for me. Well, I, I, I've missed my calling in life. I think being um, an active content manager at, like, a sports book where I'm flipping the channels and, and doing the, you know – uh, hand, handle which game has audio at what time uh-huh. that that was my calling i mean i'm i'm a master at it um i i used to you know do it with just one tv flipping back and forth but now with five i've got you know basically i've got two games on each tv with a previous channel so one goes to commercial it's previous <laughs> channel to another and i'm firing on all cylinders for those noon games I, i'm speaking for the majority of dudes in this world and I'm envious. <laughs> and I think it's awesome. So shout out to you for that. Awesome. Yep. You're welcome here anytime. Even oh, you, Caleb. I appreciate it. Listen, good luck to your Titans. Does Syracuse play this weekend? I haven't even looked. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I've already reached the uh, apathy point right now. Yep. with Same Syracuse, but, yeah, but they do actually play. They play. They host Albany this week. So they should actually get a win. Okay. All right. Yep. There we go. Um, good luck to your Titans. Enjoy your weekend. We can't thank you enough always for coming on here. We love this. is awesome. This has been a highlight. It was great to talk baseball, NCAA, and football with you. Uh, I know that I know you got a busy life. You got kids that are going 150 different directions. I get it. But thanks again for taking your time to join us. We really, really appreciate it. Awesome. My pleasure, guys. We'll do it again next week. And I'm positive that 322,000 people listening are glad you did it as well. Amen. All right, we're going to win a lot of money. Listen, I can't thank all of you enough for joining in with Caleb and I. Caleb, anything you need to add, buddy, before we get out of here? Go Cardinals. Go Cardinals, man. Up 6-2 right now. 6-2. All right. Uh, Lester's Um, pitching the 6, so hold on. This this weekend we got three with the Padres. Caleb, if you want to find him, he's on most post-game press conferences. Uh, you, just have to, you just have to zoom in. There are pictures of him behind Nolan and Wayno. Mm-hmm. So he's in there. This time, you know, hopefully he can get to Tease and Machado uh, on the show. I think that's probably going to happen. But good luck, Cardinals, this weekend. We got, we got the Padres. Hopefully next time we talk to you, we have a little cushion in that wild card. If not, we're still believing. We don't stop believing. 
He says that until I start losing. Correct. That is 100% <laughs> correct. Also, make a lot of money, Mike. I'm telling you, it's redemption week. Mike's on it. I, lo- I love these picks. I am all in. I will be putting everything into all of whatever's left on my FanDuel account is going right to those 10 games. So we've got that. Um, and, hey, once again, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. If you if you give us a follow, uh, I'm at where we are, at more underscore noble on Twitter. Caleb's at calebnoble08. At Michael Godar is a great follow as well. Um, and the betting tips will be up. We're gonna I'm going to put those up right before game time. I think Saturday morning I will be at Eastern. I'm going to try and put those up. Uh, hopefully you've tuned in. I don't want people to just, you know, cheat off of our Twitter page with those picks. You need to tune in and listen because that's the whole fun part. Well, if they're listening right now, they didn't cheat. That's true. Valid. Valid. Good point. Good point. Hey, once again, we can't thank you guys enough. Once again, please find, uh, give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. You guys are awesome. Have an amazing weekend. Go Saints. Let's take on the Panthers and, and, and get a win. Go Cardinals. Caleb will be at Bush Stadium all weekend. Mike will be in the absolute perfect man cave. I will be at Eastern seeing our daughter. Great weekend for all, and we're all going to make a lot of money. You guys rock. We can't wait to talk to you again. Cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Noble.